Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, So today we read about this parable, about the seed that goes about the whole world, that everyone has the same opportunity. The seed is the same. It's the ground that is different. Um, and Christ explains it very clearly. He says the seed is the Word of God. And when we talk about the Word of God, often we talk about the Bible. We think the Word of God is the Bible. And in a sense, it is true. And we call the Gospels, which talk about Jesus, we call them the Gospels because that's what it means. It means the good news. But we have to remember, it's not the words in the book um, that is the message. It's not the individual words contained in the Bible that contain the good news. It is the person the book talks about. It's the person the Bible talks about that is the good news. It's a person contained in our Bible, in our Gospels, that is the good news. And the Bible is so important to us because it's the most authentic written account of the words and the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. And even if you go into the Old Testament, which talks about the laws and different things, all of those things point very clearly to one thing and one thing only, and that is Jesus Christ. Nothing else is important in the Bible except insofar as it points to the person of Jesus Christ. So Jesus is the essence of the good news. It's not the book itself. It's not the physical Bible that is the actual good news. The good news itself is Jesus himself. And here we have an account of how most people reject the good news, how most people reject Jesus in their lives. And some people, as he explains in the parable, some people reject him um, because of the difficulties that come from following him. Some people reject him because of distractions. And these are you know, pleasures of his lives, of this life. This is what he talks about when he mentions the seed that fell among thorns. And it sprang up and it choked it because pleasures of this life and distractions, they choke the word out of us. And some people from carelessness, just because they don't think it's very important, and the devil comes and snatches it out of their heart. So the question is, what to be able to accept this seed in our lives, we have to know what the good news is. We have to know what the good news represents, and why exactly it is called the good news. <coughs> and if we don't understand the good news, then we don't really have any clue what Christianity is. And many of us sit here coming to church because it's what we should do, but we have no idea why we are coming. We have no idea what the good news is that I'm, seek, I'm searching for. And the first step in accepting this good news is to understand why it is good news for me. Why is it specifically for me the greatest story ever told? And there is a hurdle that comes to us when we come to the point in our lives of accepting this truth in our lives, accepting the good news. There is a very big hurdle that affects many, many people. And it's the fact that the truth 
of my own sinfulness is hidden from my eyes. The truth of what I am and what I need is hidden from my life. If I don't believe that I need a saviour, why would I ever accept Jesus Christ? There's a denial that many of us have, or a refusal for many of us to look within ourselves and discover that we actually need something, that we actually need a saviour. If you think about someone who is in prison and let's say they're in prison for what they've done wrong and somebody says, come, I'll take your place, all you have to do is leave. All you have to do is stand up and leave. All you have to do is walk into the light, walk into freedom. And that person insists, says, no, no, I'm not in prison, I'm fine. I have no problems. I'm happy here. I don't need you to come and take my place in this prison. Anyone looking, observing this from afar would say, what madness is this? How does this person not recognize the problem? How do they not recognize their slavery and accept the chance for freedom? But they refuse. And no amount of speaking can convince them that they actually need to leave that prison. And so I think we have to ask ourselves every single day, do I need the good news? Do I need freedom? Do I need medicine? If I think, no, I don't, that's fine. Unfortunately, we will never actually get to the essence of what the good news is. We'll never discover what Christ is talking about in the Gospels. We'll never understand our purpose here in life. And if I think that I don't need a saviour, I'm very far away from the good news in my life. And if I discover this within myself, that I'm far away and I don't know that I need a saviour, the time has come for me to sit with myself. The time has come for me to open up my Bible and each of the commandments I keep in my mind closely and I say, how far have I fallen short of the glory of God? Every time I'm selfish, every time I'm lustful, every time I'm angry, every time I'm judgmental, and it's listed all there in the Bible, time and time again, how far have I fallen short? Make that list for yourself, write it down, bring it to confession, and discover in yourself how badly I need a saviour. Because if I don't, then unfortunately I'm missing out on the good news that is available today. But this is where the beginning of the good news is. And I think the second hurdle is that some people, we won't realise that the good news is not in just stopping sin. The good news is not in just changing my personality or changing my actions. Christ is the good news because he can stop me from sinning. He's not the good news because he stops me from sinning. And he's not the good news because he makes me a good person. And so I think we have to understand that for us, when we tell people about Christianity, sometimes we make it the most painful experience. What people can't do. What people have to avoid in their lives. That you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't drink, can't party, can't have, go out and have a good time with your friends. So on and so forth. So who would want to be a part of that Christianity? This is not the good news that Christ has come to give us. This is actually a bore. And it's actually killjoy news for most of the world. And unfortunately, this is probably the message that most people get about Christianity. But the good news is that if I 
discover my sinfulness within my life and I accept my own sinfulness and I accept my own need for a saviour, then God has chosen me to sit on his throne. God has chosen me to be exalted to his right hand. God has chosen me to share the secrets of this life with. No one else but me. He's chosen me to discover eternity within myself. You know, St. Paul, who we read often his letters in the Bible, he was an angry man who persecuted Christians and killed them. And he took them and he took pleasure in destroying Christianity um, all around him. And when he discovered God and he discovered his own sinfulness, God showed him the heavens and so St. Paul said, I heard inexpressible words which is not lawful for men to utter. He saw the kingdom of heavens, even though St. Paul says within himself, I am the greatest sinner of all. God took that person and exalted him to heaven. And this is really the good news that if I exalt, if I humble myself and recognize how badly I am, I recognize the truth of the situation. Not to convince myself of something that isn't true, but the truth of the situation, of how sinful I am, then I will discover the face of God. If we look up at that icon there of the sinner woman washing the feet of Jesus, we have the perfect icon of perfection. The perfect icon of Christianity. You imagine the amount of tears she shed to wash the feet of Jesus. The amount of tears that were shed knowing that the eyes of eternity were looking at her. Knowing that in that moment, regardless of how sinful she was, and she was very sinful, she had been exalted to the throne of God. That the eyes of eternity were looking at her and had forgiven her. And this is really what we have to discover in our lives. How beautiful the message of Christianity is. That if I recognize myself, then I can recognize God. And then I will see and hear and understand things that cannot be put into words. I will discover a God that makes this world seem grey and stale and boring and tasteless. And He will show me things that I have been longing for my whole life and I've had no idea where to find them. This is the good news of Christianity that He unlocks within each of us our eternity. He knocks within each of us our destiny and he will give us a peace that surpasses understanding that regardless of my circumstance, that in this difficult circumstance I'm in, I have no right to feel this peace. This is what the good news is to a suffering world. The first step is that we have to discover how unworthy I am of these gifts. Do you know if you imagine yourself a beggar or a sinful person, or someone who's off the streets with ragged clothes, you smell, you haven't showered in a month, and then you're brought into the presence of the king. And the king, rather than being embarrassed or kicking you out because of the smell that you bring into the castle, instead he embraces you. And by embracing you, he takes on your smell, and he takes on the filth that you have gathered by living in the street. It doesn't mean in that moment that I'm less aware of my filth. In fact, I'm more aware of it. I'm more aware of how unworthy I am to be in the presence of that king. But how joyful I am 
that despite all of this, the king has embraced me. And this really is the essence of Christianity that many of us, unfortunately, myself first and foremost, we miss. We miss the joy of that experience, the joy of that sinner woman washing the feet of Jesus, the joy of the prodigal son who wasted everything, who was feeding pigs and was embraced by his father. Why do we miss this beautiful aspect of the good news? And so I think for us, remember, and if we can learn that in this life, we are constantly being promised the good news. It's a mirage. There is no good news that is contained within this life because all things come to one end. But there is the good news that is contained in Christ. We have to discover it for ourselves. We have to search ourselves, discover our sins, discover our repentance, and then we will discover God. And glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.